Hello and welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Fire and Rice Podcast. All right, let's get it. How you doing, listeners? Drew and Eugene here. Hey, everybody. What's up? So, man, we felt like we needed to take another time to reflect on our last episode with Mr. Mike Neely. There's just too much meat and it's good for us to go deeper. Oh, we always want to be going deeper. Yeah, that was so packed, so loaded. Man. He was just pouring out truths left and right. It was so rich. I think we have to take some time to unpack. Yeah, I got so many comments. So many people were so uplifted and encouraged. Of course, when Mike prayed twice for us and our listeners, you know, it's kind of like Moses going on top of the mountain, come down, our faces all white, shining, <laughs> feel God's presence. You know, that's how it was, with, it was with Mike, man. It was something like that. I think even for us on the line with Mike, we were also uplifted like a moment of being in the presence of greatness. It was awesome. He just had so much to share. Yeah, and all glory to God. Obviously, we don't worship the messenger. Messenger just brings the message. Right on. But uh, Mike, he devoted his life to this stuff, right? And a lot of costs, a lot of sacrifice, and you can tell in the person that he is. Yeah, he's been truly fashioned for this through his entire life journey. So let's cover some of the highlights, dude. Man, he had so many zingers from is like overwhelming my mind thinking about the whole <laughs> the whole podcast. Like, where do you start with this one? There's just so many different aspects. Yeah, but what I loved the most was he said he was miserable in his faith. That's just so relatable where it's not politically correct for us to say that about our church life or our spiritual lives or our faith. But that's his testimony was that he had this dry obedience and He basically said, I was failing at following Jesus and I felt miserable. (laughs) Mm. And I love that. A lot of people, if we're honest, honest with ourselves, it's probably the same experience. I love the way he broke down everything so systematically and methodically. And it wasn't until he was taught and heard the words of who he was in Christ, that there is an enemy. And then we have authority over the enemy Mm. when sort of breakthrough started happening. And he started realizing that a lot of his spirituality, his faith, his own attempts to gain acceptance and security. Mm, yeah, that's such a key point. Also, the fact that every truth along the way can and will be distorted. But ultimately, we do have power over that. We can reign over that. Yeah, let's talk about that, actually, because there was one idea I mean, there's so many ideas we need to extract <laughs> so many. and unpack mm. in a deeper way because... And clarify. Yeah, to be honest, you know, we had 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Each of those concepts that he brought up, it can be episodes and podcasts in and of itself. And workshops. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and workshops. I like to be, um, you know, always communicating the nuts and bolts so that we're growing in discernment and not just kind of the superficial peripheral intro words, you know, like... Oh, we're beloved sons and daughters of God. Like, obviously, I've heard many messages about that. But then something about the way Mike unpacked it, boom, something kind of broke through where you kind of understood a little more. And there was definitely Holy Spirit deposit, you know, when he said, hey, we're beloved sons and daughters of God. And that's the foundation. And that's the most important, our identity in Christ. 
So, but we hear those, it could be generic, almost just intro words to the faith that, hey, you're loved by God, you're loved by God, but, but we have to go deeper. How do we unpack that? And how do we actually experience that in our lives where it doesn't remain just cerebral theory, taste and see that the Lord is good, not just think and agree, right? And I like how he was taking that concept that we hear so much that we are beloved sons and daughters, but he started taking it into a lifelong journey, how that identity affects us at every part of that journey. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit. I was, and I want to expound on what I think Mike would agree with. He talked about power versus character, right? Yeah. And that tends to be separated. I don't see believers really walking in that integrated perspective of character and power. And Mike explicitly said that it's both. We need both. But then it was like, uh, but the first thing is the beloved part. We got to know that we're beloved sons and daughters of God. We got to know we're beloved sons and daughters of God. They're almost yeah. sounding like, okay, if you have one or the other, obviously it's like better to have the character and really know who we are in Christ. Right. Yeah. That's, this is such a deep discussion and, and really can be interpreted in so many different ways. That's why it's so important to cover this one. <laughs> so yeah, I liked how he broke it down and started from the start and said, yeah, look, you know, even before you're a Christian, if we're not believing that we are beloved sons and daughters, it's really hard for us to even accept Christ in the first place because we don't feel deserved of it. We feel lesser, we feel shame, we feel lacking. So it's hard for us to believe that a God can love us with all of our shortcomings. And it's hard to even start by accepting Christ from the beginning. And then he got into a different stage where, okay, now you've accepted Christ. Now you're walking with Christ. But am I really deserving of the gifts of mm. Christ? Can I really accept those? Can I really receive those? Can I really believe that his love includes those? And then there's like maybe even a later stage where now I've even accepted some of the gifts of the spirit and I'm beginning to express and move into power and deployment of those gifts. But I can also end up in a place where now my identity is founded on those gifts mm. instead of being rooted in his love. And that's also can lead me into a place of distortion as well. Mm. But there's so much in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what comes to mind, okay, a few thoughts. First, I don't think the goodness of God is emphasized enough goodness. Mm -hmm. And this is what I love. And this is not just Mike, this is scriptural from the beginning, Genesis chapter one, after every day it said, and God saw that it was good and he saw that it was good. And so I don't know why with Christian theology that the goodness of God isn't a, a primary tenet, you know, mm. the love of God, the goodness of God, that he is good. And that God makes good things, only good things good things. He does good things. Every good and perfect gift comes from our heavenly father of lights. I think that's in James. And I don't think that that gets emphasized enough. And I think that's a part of faith. 
And that's a part of believing in Jesus is the goodness of God. You know, when I do evangelism, that's actually my first spiritual rule. You know, there's, there's four spiritual laws. Uh, evangelicals grow up learning. God has a wonderful plan for your life. Man is sinful, therefore separated from God. And then the gospel is Jesus died for our sins and we must believe. But what's missing is the goodness of God, that God is good and that we have to believe that God is good, right? So that's the first thing. And I love that Mike, that's kind of his calling. He, he said that his calling for the body of Christ is to evangelize the church towards the goodness of God, mm. the presence of the living Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yeah, and then the second thing is, let's unpack this whole being identified with your gifting thing. Because I think that's the fear people have. I'm going to be one of those people that's identified by my gifting where it's used to as a source of ego or pride or to differentiate myself from other people to compare, you know, so that I feel better about myself and kind of crush other people. If I'm exercising my spiritual giftings, if I'm developing and pursuing these spiritual giftings, okay, isn't it really bad if you become identified by your gifting, right? And really it's sin and brokenness, okay? The, the whole system is broken as far as the way we approach this topic. And then we have brokenness in our lives, which I think to your point causes the distortions. But it's really important that obviously the main pursuit is our identity as beloved sons and daughters of God, okay? But within that identity, we have to know that in Psalms, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Each of us is unique. So, but part of our identity is also discovering the gifts that God has given to us. First Corinthians 13, 14, and 15. In Romans 12, Ephesians 4 and 5, I think, also talk about the gifts that God has, has given us, whereas leadership or evangelism, or some people are, have supernatural ability to encourage. We'll talk about the gift of tongues, dude. <laughs> By the way, Charlie actually started speaking in tongues while he was listening to Mike Neely's podcast on tongues. Yeah. So that's kind of Mike's uh, claim to fame. (laughs) He can die and go to heaven now. No, I'm just playing. We're going to bring Charlie on to talk about the gift of tongues and give some biblical basis for it in a very balanced view. But in the gift of tongues, for instance, it's not a gift we can hoard this over other people. And to be honest, a lot of people have insecurities too, because they're not rooted in and believing and receiving that they are beloved sons and daughters of God, Mm. why they feel insecure or inferior when other people are exercising their giftings as well. So there's people exercising their giftings out of turn, out of time and the the wrong way, maybe not out of love. And then there's also people that are insecure and have inferiority issues when faced with someone that may be exercising their giftings. Now, that's interesting. It sounds like you're saying that the insecurity of being a beloved son or daughter in God can be both the source of a superiority complex because you have gifts and those gifts might be strong, as well as an inferiority complex because you feel like your gift is maybe not as strong as others and therefore you wonder if you're actually in with God. Yeah, and everybody has the what about me mentality. Comparison mentality. Yeah, right. Whereas if you're rooted and really secure 
in the fullness of your identity of a beloved son and daughter. For instance, this is what I appreciate about you, Eugene. You, like if I see my friend that I love exercising their gifting and they're just killing it, it it actually gives me joy. I'm like, man, I love Mm. this guy. I'm so happy to see them knowing who they are and being a benefit to the body of Christ and and walking in uh, their uh, original design and their created purpose, not imitating other people, not regurgitating. Yeah, and their unique design. And their unique design. So when I see you exercising your gifting, because I have the love of God in my heart, it's great. I'm like, that's awesome. It gets me excited. And with you, that's how I feel with you, with me. You know, like, hey, Drew, you know, when you're on, you're getting these downloads, you got to keep going for it. It's not like a jealousy thing or what about me? All, all this to say, I think the biblical approach that is balanced is not to diminish the gifts. And just say, oh, it's all about your identity because your identity actually includes the gifts. For instance, we're going to have Inte. By the way, you want to share this right now, Eugene, about our extended worship time? Oh, yeah. Just a little um, tangent here is that we have a little treat for our listeners. Yes, sir. We're going to make sure that we extend the music worship at the end of each podcast and we're going to play more of Ente's music. He's such a gifted, talented, anointed uh, worship leader. He's got tons of music. We're just going to play more so people have more time to soak. Yeah. Press in after the podcast if you want to worship a little more and go a little deeper. We were getting a lot of comments. Where can I get Ente's music? And my point is, uh, I was praying for Ente and God showed both my wife and I that Ente was actually created to facilitate worship, that he was God's music conductor in the heavenly realms. And to where he will find no fulfillment or satisfaction in life until he is exercising this gift that God has given him. And so I think it's a part of our discovering even our purpose in our lives. There's a book that I want to refer people to. It's called The Happiest People on Earth. It's the personal story of a guy named Demos Shakarian, the happiest people on earth, the personal story of Demos Shakarian. The thesis of the story is who are the happiest people on earth and how do you attain that? It's those that know their gifting and they're giving it to the world. It's part of knowing who you are. And it's tied to being a beloved son and daughter. So, what I don't want us to I guess a little bit of the distortion is to be reactionary. Remember, we as fire and rice, we really don't want people to be Ephesians. It says toss back and forth (laughs) by all of the binary thinking that's in Western culture, like either or. We want to be both hand. Like Mike said, it's both power and character. And it's tied together. And think about this, okay? The more we're growing in the character of Christ, the more we're being sanctified, we're going to become like Christ, right? And then Acts chapter one, it talks about what Jesus began to do. And then it talks about the Holy Spirit. Remember, we shared this in our previous episode that Christians are to continue the works of Jesus, obviously through being sanctified and becoming like Christ. But that's the Holy Spirit continuing the works of Jesus and also sanctifying people towards the character of Jesus. And so the more we're becoming like Christ, it'll just be a natural overflow. We're going to actually experience dishing out the power of Christ as well, where 
we're coming against darkness. We're walking in the light. Demons are going to flee. Deception is going to be exposed. You'll be persecuted for righteousness. You know, righteousness is just, to me, like the character of Christ, his love, his holiness, doing what is beautiful and, and loving, what is right, uh, having a, a life of justice. And you're going to expose rottenness. You're going to expose darkness. So then there's going to be like signs and wonders. There's going to be collision course between heaven and earth, the kingdom of God advancing. People are going to repent. People are going to grow in their relationship with Christ. They're going to experience the truth. And then, boom, it's exponential return. You're going to experience more power and people are going to discover their giftings, the giftings that God has given them uh, because God is good. And he's like, hey, I want you to continue you're about the father's business now, mm. you know, <laughs> you can do what Jesus did. Look at this. Boom. You don't have to watch the Avengers. You don't have to be all caught up in the Marvel. We, we are, we have supernatural giftings to discern spirits and to see beyond the physical and the carnal world, be set free of those hiding demons that are around trying to whisper lies to us. And the words that we've held on to as our own that are actually not from God, they'll be exposed. Because the word of God is dwelling richly in our hearts and the Holy Spirit's renewing our mind. And then we're going to prayer. We're going to work. We're worshiping Jesus. And we say, there's no other name by which salvation is found. And I only worship Christ. Only Jesus was going to flow from my tongue, you know, and I only want to speak the words of God towards other people, not my own, not the words of the world, not the deception, not manipulation, not human persuasion. We just want the freeing words of God. People have gifts of teaching gifts of wisdom. And I know people that have gifts of business wisdom, like you're around them, boom, they exactly know what to do in business mm. to save money. The right opportunities to go to. I got a friend who comes from a family line of wise businessmen who loves Jesus. And I promise you, you get him in a room with a bunch of VCs or business investment guys, and he knows how to clear out all the clutter and be like, this is a rabbit trail. It's going to lose money. Boom. This is going to make money. Go. Mm. It's like a supernatural gift. Now, it's tied to being beloved, though. Mm. Again, you can use your gift in the wrong timing, in the wrong way for ego. This is the whole message of 1 Corinthians 14 and 15. Anyways, I brought a lot of meat here, bro. It's time for you to yeah. come on, Eugene. You got you to come in and stop me. What a revelation that all this power is available <laughs> to us. But I think you're also getting to the point that it's the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse. It's the rooting of being a beloved son or daughter that needs to be the first brick in the house of creation of ourselves that allows us to build all the rest on top of it. Like Mike, for example, mentioned that the works of the Holy Spirit are a progression. We start with the Holy Spirit coming in to us as we accept Christ, and that's the beginning of new life. And then transformation and sanctification begins from there, which was really changing us and rearranging furniture from the inside. And then the empowerment naturally flows from there. But the empowerment actually leads us into the mission of God's will on earth, into a co-laboring together with the Spirit. So like the power is a natural outflow from the acceptance of Christ, from the transformation of ourselves, from the point of being beloved sons and daughters. And then we naturally step into that power versus seeking the power for the sake of the power and creating our own identity solely based on the power. And yes, right. Not recognizing that 
we are fully alive when we finally step into yep. the definition of our creation by God, right? What he intended us to be in yep. fullness with all of our capabilities, all of our talents, all of our gifts, all of our passions, all aligned with the will of God. Amen. I think that's the main thing I wanted to make sure to clarify that it's not either or character or power. It's more important to just know that your beloved sons and daughter are God and then kind of negate the giftings of God. But we want to have an integrated perspective that we're all fearfully and wonderfully made. And maybe God has created you. Your purpose in life is to one of them. Okay, it's never just uh, one dimensional as far as our purpose. One of the main ones is to discover your gifting and deploy your gifting, develop your gifting, whatever that may be. But with the foundation that you're a beloved son and daughter of God and for God to activate your gifting, give you power to use your gifting, not for your own glory or for your own significance, but out of love when God calls you to. So I'll give you an example. For instance, I, I'm passionate about evangelism. I want to redeem evangelism because it's got a bad connotation that it's just like Bible thumping and people saying, oh, you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And that's why evangelism sometimes is people don't, they don't want to learn to do it and they don't like to do it because they have all these religious attachments to it that I believe are false. I believe one of my purposes in life is to not just evangelize to people, but teach people and equip people to evangelize in the power of the Holy Spirit. I call it Holy Spirit evangelism. Hmm. I'll feel sometimes down and discouraged and just dry. And then God will give me an opportunity to evangelize to someone where I'm talking about Christ. It just comes to me where I'm out walking the streets or random people in restaurants or obviously in church. Sometimes even people need to be evangelized too. Evangelism just means good news. Sharing to people, connecting the dots for people at the goodness of God. Now, my point in saying this is I feel so much more alive. Mm, there you go. When I have the opportunity to evangelize. And that's a gift that God has given me. And it's actually a part of me being a beloved son or daughter of God, where God's like, no, I've made you to be, mm -hmm. that's one of your main callings and purposes and giftings is to evangelize. It is kind of part of my identity. And it's like a puzzle piece. It's like a key to how I'm wired for some people like worship. Some people maybe leadership. You know, my wife dispenses mercy. She's got this unbelievable compassion for people and empathy that she can just know exactly how they're feeling. That's a gift, but it's got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And for you, like when you have those opportunities to step into that evangelism of the Holy Spirit, those opportunities, that's when you come alive, isn't it? Yeah, it comes alive. But you know, the truth is, as I look back, and this is where sanctification and spiritual maturity comes in, right? is there are some times when I am controlled by it, where I'm like, okay, I need to evangelize. I need to evangelize. So it goes back to the beloved sons and daughters part. In my earlier years, even when I would sin, let's say I did something bad, like I watched something I shouldn't have watched, or I did something that I'm ashamed of. I'll try to pay God back. Like, I'm going to go evangelize and make myself feel better, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I go to church. I didn't need to do Bibles. I need to go on a missions yeah. trip. Actually, you're trying to compensate and atone. For Getting back to Acts. 
Yeah. Yeah. Atone for your sin. We all go through that a little bit when we're immature in our faith. Yeah. But as I grow in this intimacy with Christ, knowing I'm a beloved son and daughter, secure in his love, it actually gets purified. It's actually like, no, I don't need to evangelize because it's like this atoning for my sin or so I can feel significant about myself. It is a part of my identity, but it's also more led by the spirit. I'm doing it with the power of God. And it's actually sharper and there's more fruit. And how you determine is like, afterwards, how do you feel? Is it like, dude, I'm using my own strength to go out and evangelize? Or it's like the Holy Spirit flowing through me in interactionalism, where you go work out together with God and God's with you collaborating as co-laborer, right? Yeah. Side, like alongside, that's the Holy Spirit also means comforter, but alongside, para, alongside or with. It's so funny. It's like, you know, in Star Wars, Yoda, right? When he fights people, it's effortless, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you fight stormtroopers and it's like nothing. He doesn't exercise that much energy. Whereas like early on, Skywalker, oh, exuding all this energy and just wear himself out. He still defeats a lot of stormtroopers and he still does, has some skills. But Yoda is more like, okay, <laughs> someone that's fully filled with the Holy Spirit, secure and, and collaborating with God. That's kind of a great picture of the process. Oh, yeah. So Yoda can really inform us on this idea of I decrease so that you may increase. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah. You know, right? <laughs> he must increase. We must decrease. John the Baptist. Yeah. And to Bill Johnson's point, which is saying it in a different way, is the spirit is in me for me and on me for you, you know? Yeah. And so even like worship, people are like, oh, worship is for other people. It's not for you. Right. But it's also for you and it's for other people. So, mm-hmm. so we always make the error of overemphasizing that that imbalance. Oh, it's just, you're here just for God. It's not for you. No, it's also for me because I need this, but God wants it to be for me because God loves me. But it's also not just for me, but it's for others as well. I've got a funny story that I heard about a worship leader. She got so caught up in the Holy Spirit, just edifying herself, that while she was on stage leading the Sunday service, she walks off stage to start worshiping God on her own in another room <laughs> while the, like the worship service is going on. There's something wrong with that. I don't know if that's from the Holy Spirit, you know? <laughs> so I just want to say, it's not just for ourselves and it's not just for others. It's that whole Matthew twenty two thirty seven paradigm. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself, right? So there's a lot going on there. It's not just about loving God. To be loved God is to know that God loves you. And so it's also about loving ourselves, but it's also not about loving ourselves because if you truly love God and you know the love of God, then you're going to love yourself and you're going to love other people, the neighbor. (laughs) But people are like, oh, it's about loving your neighbor. Uh, No, it's not just about loving your neighbor because you can't love your neighbor unless you love yourself. Okay. You can't love yourself unless you know that God loves you. Right? I love that. Yeah, and, I- <laughs> and it's not about just knowing God loves you, but it's about, we have to love God. We have to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to, to offer ourselves to him because we love him. Well, we can't love him unless we know he loves us first. So there's this constant circular That's awesome. balance that we're, we're, the interplay that we're constantly trying to bring together. And unfortunately, so many churches and pastors, they only focus on the one side. 
Whoa. Bring it, dog. For for anybody whose eyebrows went up and curiosity lit up inside of them when she was speaking those last words, I also highly recommend Mike's (laughs) book as well. And he does a really good uh, treatment of the whole process of stepping into that relationship and power with God, where that's such an introspective, iterative process where you cannot not know yourself better in the process and learn to love yourself more while you're also learning to get into relationship with God. And that will naturally lead you into loving other people. Man, dude, that, 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 was, that was from the Lord. I felt, I felt the Lord right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. The Lord speaking through Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I want to highlight our giftings have to be used in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bring it back to the Holy Spirit. And that's what scripture teaches. We can be dominated by our gift if we're insecure. And if we're broken, if we're using our gifts out of trauma or woundedness, for instance, teaching or people have teaching gifts, you can use your teaching gift or wisdom gift to actually destroy people. Mm. You always need to be right. You have no empathy. You're just trying to teach people. Mm. That's just a sign. Hey, you're not being led by the Holy Spirit because you've got the wrong timing, the wrong way. Yeah. You might have the right thing to say. It might be the right thing, but it's the wrong timing in the wrong way. You're not being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But that's just one example. It's a great example. As we cultivate that we are beloved sons and daughters, I want to say this carefully. There is a sense, I don't need to exercise my gifting to prove myself, to show my significance. But I know my gifting and I'm confident in my gift. It's not a false humility thing. I just know, oh, God's gifted me with this. But I'm more concerned with, okay, I want to be loving. If God wants me to use the gifting, I'll use it. If God doesn't want me, then I, I don't. That's a great clarification. So the power will come, but it's not like something you're like, whoa, everywhere you go, you're like casting out demons and giving prophetic words. Maybe you're not led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're, it's just like for your own need to do ministry. Yeah, that's a really good clarification. If you're building up your identity on your gifts solely for the sake of building up your identity, then that's taking you to a place where God didn't intend to be. And I think that really speaks to when Mike was talking about my identity is only as strong as the last time I had a Holy Spirit experience if I'm building up my identity solely upon those gifts. I think we've pretty much hammered it home on this one. Yeah, let's close out, let's land. Yeah, I want to bring it back to the goodness of God. And I want to leave our listeners Okay, this is my opinion, but the, the, the thunder of the last episode with Mike, but he mm-hmm. said this, am I willing to lay down my pride mm-hmm. to receive the fullness of what God has for me? God has so much more for us than what we have settled for. Jesus is so much better than what we have been told. And the Holy Spirit is so much more powerful and present than we have allowed within our theologies and church cultures. Whoa. Woo. That's fire right there, dude. That is good. That's our prayer. We would all just know how good God is. That's like the great benediction in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. And it reads, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. May we all know the goodness of God 
that we're beloved sons and daughters, and that he gives us gifts for us to discover, develop, and deploy for the good of the body of Christ and to fulfill his purpose and our purpose in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Oh my gosh, Father. We were just praying before for you to come upon us and we felt it, Lord. Utilize us. And wow, so many sessions in a row now, we just feel your heat come upon us. I'm especially thankful for the last three sessions, including the one with Charlie, where we literally just felt you upon us and really worked us up in a beautiful kind of a passion, Mm. in a loving kind of passion, in a passion driven by truth and righteousness. Mm. Father, you are speaking to us and in us in such wonderful, palpable ways Mm. that are new, that are fresh, and that are renewing us. And we just are excited by the possibility that that all translates into Mm. words that are put out in faith and in trust and in truth to our audience and pray and have confidence that it will have the same effect on them too. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. May your signs and wonders confirm the proclamation of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He is roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Every knee will bow before Him. Oh, you are seated on the throne. You reign on high. You reign on high. You reign on
restore every art that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out Shout your praise Our hearts will cry These bones will sing Great are you, 